Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to 31 Days of Terror 2023, day number seven. And in this episode, I am joined by the wonderful Marcus from Item Moat in Kent. Item Moat is hidden away in a secluded Kent Valley and is a perfectly preserved medieval moated manor house. Emerging from the natural landscape almost 700 years ago, Item Moat is built from Kentish ragstone and great Wealden oaks. While its architecture and decoration trace the development of the English country house, its owners provide the stories of a once cherished family home, evoking a deep sense of history. In the tranquil gardens, there are streams and lakes fed by natural springs, an orchard, flower borders and a cutting garden. The wider estate offers walks with secret glades and countryside views. Last year, I had the privilege of working with them on the run-up to their Halloween season, and I was delighted to get the chance to work with them again this year. This Halloween, they have murder mysteries, they have ghost walks, and they have a selection of these events that are family-friendly for the little ones also. And if you don't get to do the murder mystery or the ghost walks, it really is just a beautiful place to visit. As always, this episode was recorded using StreamYard, so the audio is slightly different to what you are used to. Also, Marcus was in the office recording this, so at points there is some slight general office noise, some office ambiance, if you will. I hope you enjoy the episode and let me know if you do end up visiting Itemote. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. And I am joined in my virtual studio by the wonderful Marcus. Marcus, tell us a bit about yourself. Who are you? Why are you here in the least existential way possible? I will try not to have an existential crisis. Uh, Hello, and uh, thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, I'm the Visitor Operations and Experience Manager over at Item Moat uh, in Kent, which is a very long title to say I do events and then anything else that comes up. Uh, Love my job. I I work in heritage and history and museums. I've worked all over the country, uh, lots of places that people might have visited. And uh, it can be incredibly random, and that's what makes it really fun. I think I've seen most aspects of human life and events and love putting them on and meeting people and entertaining them, really. So that's that's what I do. That's what someone pays me to do. Totally random, totally random question that I haven't put on the list of questions that I sent you, and I'm now going to put you on the spot. Um, what sort of events do... So we'll talk about Item Mode in a second. Like, what sort of mad, fun, random events do you do at Item Mode? Or other places, or other National Trust places? Bit of everything, I would say. So, uh, item mode, I would say, we have a, a huge focus on our, our families. Um, people want to come out for a, a day out with their kids. And that is uh, very much what we do. Uh, we can be very friendly and do Easter and Christmas, and I will get on to uh, autumn and October. Um, but we, we've, we'll turn our hand to anything. Uh, we've got 
we'll come on to a bit of it, but we've got 700 years of history to talk about. We've got a lot to shout about. Uh, in the past, oh, what have I done? I, I have to say, doing freezing cold murder mysteries on a World War One ship when it really was like icing over, that that was a highlight. Uh, running a Regency ball in the Duke of Wellington's home. Everyone, and I was like, you can come in costume if you want. And everyone came in costume. And it was more Jane Austen than Jane Austen. Uh, that was probably a highlight. That was if you're into your Vanity Fair, Outlander type things. It was like that. And everyone, it, it was like a little window into the past. It was probably one of the, the highlights of my career. It just looked amazing. It really did. That sounds amazing. And it's so funny because the last time, not the last time I was in item mode, maybe the time before, um, I went and there was just nights, you know, beating each other out in the garden. And I was like, yeah. wow, what? this is wild. <laughs> there are some people I, I brought and I was like, I, the public love it. It's really entertaining. But part of me is just like, I'm going to sit here and watch two people beat seven shades out of each other. And it's great fun. Like it, It's really difficult to not enjoy that. Yeah, I think it's like an intrinsic part of human nature that we just yeah. kind of want to see people leather each other every now and then. And I suddenly realised that that's going to be much better than like a gym membership because they were getting pretty hot and sweaty behind it as well. Yeah, they were. And, it, you know, it's been really hot and sweaty in, in Kent over the last kind of month or so. So I didn't I did not envy them. No, no, they, they were really dripping and yeah, hugely entertaining. Um, I think it's a better sport than most of the stuff that's on TV. It's, it's similar to the rugby, but um, certainly better costumes. Ah, uh, yeah, more flamboyant. So very important question. And this is the one that the listeners all want to know the answer to. And everyone will be judging you. So just bear that in mind. No pressure. What is your favourite horror film and why? I can I, at least I can actually answer this because they're not my main genre, you know, outside like the scream. I know what you did last summer. I wouldn't go for too many of the modern ones. So mine's a cult classic, a British B-rate movie, Dog Soldiers. Yes, I've got a good reaction. <laughs> Nobody can see me, but my arms went up in the air. I'm celebrating. Dog Soldiers is my all-time favourite movie. Really? Okay, excellent. Okay, well, there you go. I don't need to sell it to you, but I just love it. It's very British humour, uh, very quotable. I watched it, I think, in my like early teens on one of those sleepovers. And... I had to it on DVD until like the DVD broke. And uh, yeah, it's it's cheesy, it's low budget, and it's still funny. It really does stand the test of time. Yeah, I watched it, it again. I watched it again recently for a film review for the podcast. And uh, I had this period of time in my teenage years when I had glandular fever and I was really unwell and I had to stay at home and one of the only DVDs that I had at home was Dog Soldiers right so I've watched it about a million times and I watched it again as an adult and I was like wow this is still great this is still so it's good it's still good it's still good and it's one of those things I've got locked in my knowledge that it, it was always meant to be a trilogy and it was never made into a trilogy and I always wish I'd watched the other two films Neil Marshall the director does the best episodes of Game of Thrones uh, is the link he does the like the two big battlefield uh, episodes of Game of Thrones? They brought him in for that because uh, he does those dark, moody like the, there's the evening ones in the not the final series where it gets a bit pants, um, but the the other ones, the the Bay Battle in the Bay and uh, on the Night's Watch Wall, and they, you know, he he does gritty, he does realistic. The cast is Sean Pertwee. It's so quotable. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. You're the first person that has ever said dog soldiers in all of the interviews that I've done. And that makes me so happy. Okay. And there's another element to it where I, I was, um, slash was in the army reserves, the TA. And I realized afterwards someone said, oh no, the film isn't about like professional soldiers because they've been, they're 
you know, the SAS are like hunting the hunters, aren't they? And that's why you've just got these seven lads moaning about being there and watch, wanting to watch the football because they're meant to be like TA on exercise. That's why they're not very professional. And I'm like, I get that. I can recognise some of my mates in the TA in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like, it's a bit relatable. So question for you, and this is very Dog Soldier specific. So if you're a listener who hasn't watched Dog Soldiers, why have you not watched it? Okay. But who are you in, in the team? Are you the leader? Are you the person who is very much plays by the rules? Are you like Spoon, where you are going to be fiery? Or are you the puker? Which one are you? No, I'm in, not, the face, I'm not, in the face of a werewolf. No, I, I'm not Spoon. Favourite character is definitely Spoon. But I, I'm Kevin McKidd himself, who I always was, kind of like following the rules, knows what's going on. I'd always say I know what's going on, but... I'm not fully invested in being there when everyone else is moaning. I'm moaning about them moaning. That's very much on my vibes. Yeah. Love. I'm enjoying myself if I'm having a good moan about something. Oh, I'd, I'd like to think that I would be spoon in this scenario, but I wouldn't, I would be the puker. That'd be me. So, you know, good for you that you, is that big Joe? Yeah, I think it is big Joe. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. No, this it's, it's a great one. It's a little bit relatable. uh, And yeah, there's, there's just a great cast. I'm trying to think who else pops up in like game. There's definitely some more Game of Thrones actors in that as well. I feel like we can end the interview now. That's all we need. We Never mind anything Dog else. Soldiers. Dog Soldiers is all that we needed. But in all seriousness, you are here to talk to me about Item Moat. So. Can you tell me a bit about Item Moat? Like maybe, like I had never heard of Item Moat and now I've, I've, I've been been there twice in the last couple of weeks and it is a really amazing place. So can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, it is, it is really special, uh, all jokes aside. You know, it's uh, a beautiful uh, house in North Mid-Kent, uh, but it's not just any old house. It's Britain's most complete moated medieval manor house so we are about 750 years old over 700 years old there was a uh, a dwelling on this site uh, dwelling back to doomsday uh, which was a mill uh, but then someone decided oh look we have a lovely big lake pond and we're going to build on this as a show of kind of grandeur wealth and uh, what you get is people kind of sometimes think we look like a castle, uh, but basically someone built an, a fake island on a on a pond, uh, expanded it, built a hall, and then everyone's added to it over the last 700 plus years. So nobody laid down a blueprint and went, I want to build a palace. I want to build this castle. Uh, it wasn't built for defensive purposes, though that's an advantage. You know, all your footpads, your vagabonds going from London to Canterbury or Dover, going over to France. If you, you know, you need to lock your doors at night uh, back then, basically, or they'll come and take your stuff. So it has that advantage that we surround by water. We've got loads of rivers and lakes, which today makes us really peaceful, really pretty and tranquil. And then we have a very a kind of assorted layout inside because uh, we were a house until relatively recently in our history. No big names in history. Uh, we know who we are we don't have your a-list celebrities from the history from the past that came and owned the place but they did visit uh you know winston churchill's down the road charles darwin came for a weekend those kind of people but they came to visit like their poor cousins kind of thing so that's who we were so that means that we can talk about different things we're not overshadowed by one person and every, and the house has got that higgledy piggledy feel i can't think of a technical term that is that is how i feel it is that you step through one corridor and you've probably been like seeing it where you're in a med medieval manor house hall and then the next room is like a 1950s sitting room you're like 
oh, okay. So it's it's got quite a unique feel and that gives us a really nice vibe as well. Higgledy-piggledy is a word to describe it. Like I, I the last time I was there, which was last week, I was, because it's essentially a big square, right? And it's been added to over the years. And it just, it's exactly that. You're in, you know, this medieval hall and then you're in like a, a sitting room that seems quite yeah. modern and it's so strange. And all of the rooms have all these like little hidden gems that it's like all these like somebody's graffitied on a window like a bazillion yes. years ago you know there's i love the graffiti walls. it's really hard to find as well but it's there's lots of that kind of thing you step out of one room and you're back into a tiny little courtyard because they just were like oh how do we get from here to there oh we'll just cross this open bit around so it has that thing of going it's really practical from that point yeah. of view and lots of people say it's like a house that they feel that they could actually live in it's got that homely kind of feel to it there's you know you can't really see the the kitchens most of the time because uh, they're like oh wait because until relatively recently someone was living there is their kitchen but you've got these little pantries and sculleries and then there are sitting rooms then there's bedrooms and they're they're not hugely grand um you know those we don't have four poster beds and big velvet ropes that are like you know when you visit like a palace and you feel like i can never sleep in a bed that had like ostrich feathers above the yes. headboard it would be you'd feel like there's somebody watching you or maybe there is. Yeah. Um, maybe there but, is. <laughs> but they're not. They're not there. Though. Um, so yeah, we have. A, we've got a really nice kind of, of spirit with that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Before we get into kind of the legends and the stories of item moat, do you have a ghost story that absolutely terrified you as a child? So fact or fiction, I think everybody has one story that as a child made you afraid to go to sleep at night. I can't think of any specific ones, but I, I think it's the old school like vampire ones. When you first learn that like, because at, at first of all, like vampire is a guy who's white and wears lots of makeup and a big cloak. And then you start to hear like the original kind of like Bram Stokers are being eased into you. And it's when you go to sleep, you're not safe because that's when they can come. Yeah. that That's really unsettling as a child. So I'd, I'd have to go with those kind of ones that they get eased into. I love like fantasy fiction. You're kind of... Um, the, the, the predates like the Warhammer type stuff, the proper proper nerd you're talking to here, by the way. Um, and those kind of like myths and legends that, because no one explains how oh, it's an Eastern European thing that's come through from uh, Lord Byron's friends. They sat down and they wrote these stories. You no, know, you just get told there's vampires. Yeah. And they come in at night and they'll suck you dry for bloods and you they won't wake you up. 
that's terrifying where you're like oh so i can't go to sleep great i can't go to sleep <laughs> and actually there's nothing i can do that's going to stop this no and i can't you know i can't see them in the mirror and all these things <laughs> like, great brilliant Thanks terrifying <laughs> somebody get the garlic quick yeah of course the the cure all to the most terrifying beast in the world garlic <laughs> well listen I mean, when you eat enough of it, it is pretty. It's yeah, pretty like, repulsive to a is point. That like a strong soup would work. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, probably would. So you're there as a child, frantically making garlic soup all the time, bringing it to bed. Your parents are like, "It's just getting weirder and weirder." It's getting really strange now. <laughs> it's really into culinary. <laughs> so, have you got a favorite legend or ghost story about Item Moat itself? And I know there's lots of great legends and stories about Item Moat. Again, stories that I didn't know, and now I'm like, how have I never known these? Yeah, my favorite one is because it's been debunked. If that makes sense, because the history behind the legends are quite fun. So, uh, if you look up any of our ghost stories our most famous one really is the skeleton in the wall skeleton in the cupboard sometimes named as or dame dorothy skeleton uh and dame dorothy selby was uh, a bit of a, a boss lady who lived here in the jacobean era and uh i i like her uh, but there's this legend that they found her skeleton walled into uh, the great hall or, and there's now a little cupboard there uh, that you can ask to see and uh, this story came about that it was actually her skeleton and she'd been bricked up because she might have been involved in the gunpowder plot. And of course, some of the plotting and scheming took place in this area. And we, you know, in Kent very much have the gunpowder legends today and the gunpowder societies in uh, Kent and East Sussex and the, the Bonfire Boys and all those kind of things. And that she might have been one of the people who'd helped tip off Parliament to. Uh, James's assassination. It, it's, possi it's possible that still happened. Uh, what isn't happened is she wasn't buried in our wall because she was buried in the local church. And there's a really ornate um, memorial to her and uh, her tomb and, and effigies. But there's this story goes on where we think it came from is lots of people rented item moat over the years. And for one season, there was a group of medical students. Uh, it's always those students. And uh, they rented item and we think they possibly did like a prank and they might have brought a cadaver with them. You know, it's really good banter to bring a corpse with you to a, a booze up. And they might have put it into this cupboard to be like, oh, you know, John, if you go and look in that cupboard for another bottle of wine, and when they opened it up, this, this body fell on top of them. And that might have been where it came from uh, because it was originally an alcove, so it wasn't going to be bricked in. Uh, it certainly wasn't her. Uh, but it, it's this legend that, persists and people sometimes arrive and go oh, where was the cupboard that the lady was bricked into and kind of explaining the history behind that you've got these multiple stories um it's more fun than probably the truth it's amazing that despite the fact there's this ornate memorial to her that the legend has still persisted even though physically yeah. there is evidence that she's buried in the churchyard and it just goes to show like people don't ever let the truth get in the way of a good story they why would you i was just thinking truth in the way of a good story why would you and there's you know and normally you know there's there's no fire that smoke so uh there are these stories about how she died she might have pricked her finger on a spinning wheel because uh, she was a really big into seamstress and tapestries and embroidery and that has this you know, huge fairy tale uh, link, you know, that you can obviously think of the stories where uh, that comes from. And so you just kind of, yeah, why she's just down the road, but you might visit Item Moat, you're very unlikely to visit one of the local churches. So people have heard about some elements of us in her, yeah. 
So what's the best thing about working somewhere as unique as item mode? Because I have to say, even your guys' offices being like in this amazing building, like upstairs and like, it's crazy. It's wild. I mean, that's one of the things. It's coming to work. We were saying it recently in a, a little marketing meeting we we're having. And we we're saying like, it's coming somewhere. And you're not walking into a, a normal kind of London office. We're walking into this. Our office is in the building. And it's being amongst all that. It's really tactile. I can reach out now and, and stroke history. Um, <laughs> and it, it's there. And, you know, my my window that I'm looking out of now behind the computer screen is how many hundreds of people have looked out of that in the past. And you kind of got these links. That and it's always learning something new. And people say some things to me. But, oh, did you know this? And you're like, absolutely no idea. Uh, my common reaction is to smile and nod. And um, But... And then go away and google it probably uh some of the other day was talking about oh did you know that there was uh possibly a civil English civil war battle fought in the local village it's like no it comes up on no google search um but there was a general who was buried there and then had his head taken off afterwards because he played off cromwell versus the king and everyone thought he was a real treacherous so-and-so and you're like okay is that story or is that actually real and yeah I, because there's a wide history and loads of families I'll never know it all. And then someone will ask me about that painting or someone asked me, what's that rose that's planted over there? And it's like trying to spin all these plates and learn new things, which is not actually my job is not to research everything. Um, that would be a full-time job in itself. It's to put it on for the public. So it's taking elements and then putting it back out. Um, yeah, there was, you know, planes shot down basically at the edge of the garden during the Second World War and more recent stories and like which which do we talk about which do we go for there's so much there which is quite fun and are there any other legends or stories about item moat that you think might appeal to real life ghost stories listeners in particular yes um i've got lots actually so i think my favorite one was one i heard of just before i started it was the shoes in the attic so um those who don't know more about item moat. We were at the time one of the biggest heritage projects that National Trust uh, did in the 1980s, early 1990s. And this was all filmed on uh, Time Team, which is lucky you just come back with Tony Robinson online, uh, but it was all there. And they effectively, if I oversimplify a over 10 year, 10 million pound project, which was a lot of money then, um, it, they basically took the building down in quarters to about knee height, because raw on water you don't want to take it down much lower and then rebuilt it brick by brick with the same bricks so kind of took it apart to save it learn how it was put together so it fed into a lot of traditional crafts wood uh joinery and, and brickwork and uh in doing so they found a lot of things both in the moats uh, found suits of armor so not last one suits of armor the reenactors that you heard turned me off uh, what they call the harness of armor uh they found is the correct term and uh, they found shoes in the rafters and the shoes in the rafters, uh, we think, was the superstitious serving staff that came. And when they started at a new place, because you'll be there a long time, you want to make sure the witches aren't following you because the witches come at night time and then they can steal your soul or put a curse or a hex on you. And it's a bit like, I think, you know, like the cartoons where the bloodhounds are out tracking. It's kind of like that. So witches work on senses, obviously we all know. So if you throw one of your shoes into the rafters, when they're coming down places like the chimneys or coming in the roof, they might go after your shoe, get lost in the attic rather than come to you at night. So 
I think it really shows just how much people believe this, mm. that you're willing to throw away a shoe is a relatively valuable item then and today. And I'm going to throw it away uh, because I don't want to get hexed, which I think that, that shows a real tangible link to those kind of beliefs. It wasn't just, you know, oh, throw a penny in a well, again, you're throwing away some of your wealth, but you, you, they genuinely uh, had that belief deep ingrained into their psyche. So that's why I quite like the shoes. And also then we've got preserved beautiful shoes, uh, which in themselves are items of beauty. Uh, linked to that, we've got quite a few witches marks, uh, especially in the medieval buildings. Uh, we have the uh, the interlinked Vs uh, for uh, the Virgin Mary, and they're often above fireplaces or circles within a circle to these to help. And the, the obviously the Virgin Mary link is they're good Christians, good Catholics probably. Um, just try to block um, the the pagan, the, the Satan worshippers maybe coming down the chimneys, basically, that the witches might have been. Again, they're carving them into the stonework, which, you know, it's kind of like a graffiti. Uh, it's, it's not something you'd want to do on your boss's fireplace. So it's showing that real belief that this is blocking uh, those dark spirits coming down. So those, again, they can be seen. Uh, I'm actually just talking earlier about like putting a lights on them so they can be seen easier but ask someone they can show them to you and yeah they, those kind of day-to-day -day superstitious uh lives that we've got there and then uh if you're uh, i haven't actually read this book uh, but you might see the play uh turn of the screw uh henry james was staying here the author of turn of the screw now a film and a play and i believe it was christmas eve so nice little look to because we do quite big on Christmas. Uh, he was there, and we've got an area that we call the oubliettes, the you know the French dungeons, you know, the forgotten hole. Probably actually to be boring, probably was just a storeroom, uh, but you can't really get to it. So it looks when you would have found it later, uh, like a, a dungeons oubliette. And he heard noises in the night. Again, to be boring, it was probably rats, uh, but it inspired him to have this old house with voids with lots of. Uh, mystical things about it to write to turn of the screw uh so that's kind of it, that inspiration has gone through there was also green darkness a few other books but the henry james link we know he came to stay here uh and that's quite a that's quite a good cultural link as well because i think he said something like i stayed in a room with a ghost and an oubliette and thankfully the former remained in the latter or something about that, that's exactly it, actually <laughs> about <laughs> item moat um because i love henry james and i love the yeah. turn of the screw it's just it, he thought it was just next door yes and the the listeners will probably have seen the haunting of bly manor which was uh, really big on netflix i think last year and the haunting of bly manor is actually based on the turn of the screw which in turn was inspired by item moat so it's all linked it's all linked it comes back and yeah it's, it's, a, it's a big one turn of screw yeah, so, and it's really it's really well worth a read for anybody listening who, ha who hasn't read it. It is well worth a read. Um, so have you had your own paranormal experience that you would like to share? I was trying to think of this because I was there going, oh, you know, when you're really young, you're convinced. I was convinced there was a ghost in the room when I was really young. And it happened like it was three nights in a row. And I was like, oh, I, you know what? I was so young. I remember it because it was like old, old, old bedroom. And I'm like, oh, it's just there was one evening. So I was working on HMS Warrior, which is a beautiful ship in Portsmouth Dockyard. Uh, it's a float. Um, 
and it, it's got things like one of the oldest sick bays. I think the first, if I'm right in saying, uh, the first sick bay on a Royal Navy ship. So people definitely died there, uh, though it was never in battle. And just one evening, my colleagues and I were locking up, and we were like the last ones to leave. We used to run weddings and parties and things. You, you saw everything. Uh, but we'd leave at one or two o'clock in the morning, and there's nobody about. There'd be like a Royal Navy security guard, and that's it. And none of us wanted to go into one room, that we just had to go in, lock this toilet, go back out. And all of us were just getting this feeling. And we went down uh, one of the gangways, and we all just started to walk quicker and quicker and quicker until one of, the, one of my colleagues, he was quite an elderly gentleman, he was literally running. And I don't know if we'd worked ourselves up or what it was, but we just felt there was someone watching us out the window. And we went, it's the window's right there. It's like an old gun port, but we had glass in it. So we know. And we're like, do we look back? And we were like, no, we think there's something there. And we just we just had this vibe. And all evening, just kind of having this shape walking home, going, there was something in that room. I don't know what it was, but we all felt something in that room. And then thinking, oh, it was the room above where the sick bay was, like the steps go into it. So you're like, if someone's going to die on a ship, you're going to die above basically the mm. hospital room, aren't you? Um, yeah, felt, that one felt really, yeah, that one felt really, can I say spooky? That's felt spooky. What an amazing place to work, though. Yeah, it was. And especially when it's basically you and maybe one other person at night. One, you can have fun and explore. And you did. Um, yeah. What's, what's in that door? I'll go and get the key and open it. You know that kind of thing and the other one is um watching like sunsets and uh, you know, doing weddings was fun uh also yeah did did of course did murder mysteries and uh yeah some people did come on and do paranormal investigations as well oh wow uh, that was quite that was quite different yeah that was quite fun i imagine if it's not something that is in your regular remit that a paranormal investigation must have been really interesting to watch yeah yeah i've never having seen a paranormal investigation before i was basically told like open the ship up they'll come in there's a company doing them and show them to where they can make tea uh, and people are doing what's it called where they're like doing the reaction in the mirror with a torch on their face oh is it called scrying i think scrying scrying someone did a ouija board someone did like sound recordings uh my favorite part of that was that we used to have a bell that went off on the engine every quarter of the hour and someone was like, asking a question to the beyond and the bell started going off and they thought that was like the bit I know, I know sorry it's, it's quarter past 11 at night that's what it means <laughs> sorry sorry to disappoint sorry. it's actually just the time <laughs> just the time but no that was yeah and they would go all going off and doing some were doing like scientific methods some were doing you know quite traditional ghost hunting and yeah there's certainly people died had died on board uh and when you're there's very few people it can be very quiet I bet uh, places take on their own vibes don't they so uh, yeah that was that was a good one uh that that was a really good one I like that so finally, final question for you. Why should people come and visit Item Moat? Before you even get into it, I would just like to say that I think everyone should visit because it is beautiful. Whether you're a spooky gal or not, it is beautiful. I'm glad you think so. It is, it is a stunning property. So yeah, number one, I don't know how, how many of these I've got, but number one, yeah, it's, it's really pretty. Uh, we're a very old house with lovely gardens and a big estate. If you're into country walks, it's a good place to you know, set off for and come back and have a, a tea and a slice of cake. Very much no, we're National Trust. It's what we do well and uh, come and do that. But on the other side of things, you know, we've got the things that we talked about. We can show you which marks. You can look out for the historic graffiti. It's where I'm saying uh, the inspiration of Turner Screws got on. But also 
my side of things is I will try to do the best events that I can. Um, so as I'm sitting here talking to you now, we we're going to talk about all these fantastic murder mystery and ghost walk events that we've got coming up. They've actually all sold out. So I would say come and see them, uh, but come and see them next year. Come have to look at our website. Um, always have a look at our website. We always have something that will be coming up soon. And we've got loads going on. So daytime, we try to have things that are very family friendly. And then evening, obviously, bit maybe a bit more for the adults because uh, it's easier to get a little bit little bit more a car uh, when it gets dark so we will true <laughs> i make this promise because it's what i do for a living we will do our best to have something coming up in the in the near future that is worth you coming to see daytime or evening and uh, come along and see that because we do put a lot of effort into it uh christmas uh, we we've done this year tudor christmas uh we were one of the first national trust places in kent to do christmas at all going back like 20 years and so we go quite big so it's a nice time to come and see things uh we'll always have something you know whether it's easter egg trail through to halloween uh come and see one of our events come daytime if you can't or don't want to uh, and have a nice day out with the family and also it's one that other people might not have come to see so it's a really good place to go with a group because you might have done the the top 10 things to come and see and we're probably just you know number 11 on that list and uh, like as somebody who likes a little a little kind of casual slow day trip it is very much that kind of vibes want to go through the during the day lovely cafe i mean listen if i'm getting cake and good coffee i'm a happy girl little secondhand bookshop which is really cute and then it's really nice isn't it (laughs) really cute i loved it and then there's like lovely gardens and a big twisty tree to see there's just lots going on it's really yeah we do this this tree it makes like three or four full turns it's a chestnut and someone said the other day it's possibly uh, guess is you know range a lot but it's possibly basically the same age as the house it's between like six to eight hundred years old and the house is just under that so it was either planted at the same time as the, the foundation went down for the house or it was a sapling when the, the house was built um yeah when we we had a massive snow day last year and we were shut and i was one of the only people who could come in because i live really locally and i was taking loads of photos i let i basically like lay down under that tree to take photos of the leaves all covered and just watching the twists uh there in the trees it, yeah it's quite stunning in itself but we are we're we know what we are. We're a more tranquil kind of day out. If you want to have a, a little bit away from the hustle and bustle of life, come and see our, our higgledy piggledy house and gardens. Marcus, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, thanks for your listeners. Hopefully uh, we've inspired some thoughts about item moats. Uh, let us know what you think. And uh, I, lo- I love doing the event side of things. So, uh, you know, it's great that we've sold out. We'll do more in the future. And um you know, please do come along and let us know what you think of the place, really, because enjoy it. It's there to be seen and enjoyed. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.